The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy Monday to you one and all, wherever and however you are joining us on 106 and FM, 1390 AM and 106.9 Hope your weekend was as good as ours. Eric is gone, not dead, alive but not forgotten. He'll be back with me tomorrow. He'll be absent again on Friday. You like that? Yeah. You should use that more on <laughs> your good. intro. He really should ask you, uh, what is it, at uh, hopefully not for a long time eulogy to speak for him because you have such a way with words when it comes to describing Eric Franson. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, and by the way, that voice you just heard, I got two special guests with me, uh, with me today to fill in for Eric Franson. That's right, it takes two to fill in for one. That's how good Eric is at his job. Uh, first one I'll introduce, he hosts the VFX Morning Show, uh, of the best hits, pop hits, and music, and their show is the best in the state of Utah. He's a co-host with McCall Taylor. This is AJ Knight. AJ, thanks for your time. Of course. I always love to be in on the fan. Uh, he's Utah State men's basketball trainer, and he is a knowledgeable guy of Southern food, yet he is not inviting me over to his new condo for dinner. I still hold a bitter grudge for him for that. Uh, and he uses the excuse of that he's still moving, even though it was three weeks ago. Carl Smith joins me here on the process. full court press. It is a long press. Because you told me, right, dude, I just got a few things. Mike, do you need any help? No, just three little, four little things. Three weeks later, man, still moving in, bro. Still moving in. And I'm like, are you serious? Come what? on. You got to get the feng shui right. <laughs> you got to get that furniture rightly placed exactly. with center with the TV. Carl, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you. No big deal. Hey, a lot of, a lot to get to. And, I, and look, I, I had you guys come in for two reasons. In fact, you'll, you'll be back with me on Friday when Eric is gone. And then Eric's going to be gone for another full week after. So you're going to hear a lot from, uh, from others besides Eric. But uh, your guys' opinions, one group from the Midwest – one was from the South. The protests going on with sports teams, coaches, and such. Uh, Drew Brees' comments. We never got a. I never got a chance to to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, Angel Hernandez in baseball, who is rated as the worst umpire in sports history, is now being investigated for hanging on to an investigation call uh, and then lying about it, which is wonderful in itself. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, the home run chase in 1998 is going to be documented. And shown as a as a really cool movie slash slash feature uh, on June fourteenth, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on baseball here. So we got a lot to get into in a very little amount of time. Four hundred one was your kickoff time. Four hundred four is now uh, our time here on June eighth on a Monday. Uh, grateful to have you guys joining us, however and wherever you are doing so. So let's start here. Uh, the sports protests that have been going on. You see teams now starting to kind of walk right with uh, protesters. Uh, more so as, as not only just a protest, but also a hope to keep it peaceful, right? Uh, AJ, you being from the Midwest, uh, your thoughts so far on, on the protest coming from famous athletes themselves. I think, uh, it's been really interesting from the standpoint that with no sports going on, um, you've seen them basically be them because, uh, Normally, there's, I think, a big contentious point between whether a celebrity wants to be someone who has a voice for politics and stuff like that, or if they want to just stay out and kind of keep the brand, their brand, quote-unquote, clean. And I think I think it's interesting to see, basically, with, with no sports going on, them just being their, 
normal selves. And I and I think you made a good point too. I think it's very uh, very possible that they um, are showing up in places because they feel like they'll help keep the peace. But I think it's interesting because I feel like you're almost seeing a layer peeled back even more to the athletes than like even social media would give you. And Carl, you being from the South, I think if anyone has a good idea without sounding arrogant of the situation, being from the South would do that. And you being white, but yet uh, I would say has a great relationship with a lot of African-Americans and black people. Uh, is it is it as divided as we as the media makes it seem or is there just a misunderstanding and miscommunication in the american south or general that's that's a great question we'll we'll say from the south because that's where your i mean that's where your knowledge really comes from i've been a little bit everywhere in the country and i'm not gonna say that i honestly believe that it's more prevalent in the american south than anywhere else i think it does get the rap and it might be more out there in the public and obviously a lot of history components to the South. But I don't honestly think percentage wise, it's that much more than anywhere else. So I guess, I mean, then then the next lead up question to that is, um, is there an understanding from those who are, I hate to say this, but white now live in the South. Is there an understanding from their point of view of where their anger is coming from, or is it like, I mean, come on now? I think, as far as who's whose anger are we talking about? Well, I mean, the, I mean the blacks, right? I mean, the, one of their brothers, as they, as they would say, was killed by a police officer. Protests started to become a big thing. Peaceful protests. The violent ones, I'm kind of throwing out because it was looters and it was people being hired to create violence, um, but. Just from a black standpoint, they feel their anger. I mean, they are angry because of the way they they feel like they're. I don't. I want to say they're people, but just that the blacks have been treated throughout the entire country. I would say it depends on the group of people you're discussing, but I, through social media and outlets like that, I would say majority of Caucasian individuals in the South stand with their African-American brothers. What is it like to live in the South being, hmm, being white? I mean, back in the day, like it was, I mean, it was a common thing. I remember still being in Alabama and getting kicked out of a restaurant in 2004. But I guess, is it, are you a minority if you're white or are you a minority if you're black in the South now? Would you say? Depends on where you're at. Okay. Um, and towns, every town's different. Is every state different too? Uh, I would say most of the states are pretty much the same, but it depends from town to town um, what what your percentage is. But for me personally, I grew up in an, always being part of an athletic team of some sort. And I also grew up with a dad that was in the Air Force. So I always grew up and went to school where white, black, Asian, whatever. We were always pretty equally divided. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of big differences. Now, I will say, on the other hand, being in the South, I have seen and come across a number of individuals where you could see they were taught prejudice in their home. 
and that was extremely hard to deal with, extremely hard to understand, extremely hard to persuade them and try to get them to open up their eyes. Do you feel like it's less subtle in the South? Because I feel like there's definitely differences. Like, I'm from the Midwest, but I feel like it's much more subtle, and it's more so you realize, as, as like I realized as I got older, the differences. I was talking to my brother in South Carolina today, and that point came up that mm. I think it's a little bit more open in the South, but I think in the Midwest, places like Boston or even West Coast, it's there, <clears throat> but it's way more subtle. Huh. I would agree. Interesting. Okay, so I want to get both your guys' thoughts on this. The Colin Kaepernick situation in 2016 when he started kneeling, mm-hmm. right, in protest, and now where we're at. Do you go back and say, I mean, 2020 is hindsight, right? But do you go back and say, God, like, why do we make such a big deal of it? Or or, or is it still a situation where, you know what, it, it was a big deal back in the day, and it still is a big deal because you're kneeling at during the national anthem towards the flag, but it was a peaceful protest in Colin Kaepernick's eyes. But to so many others, it was a disrespectful protest because it was during the national anthem. I mean, what side or is there a side that you jump on? <laughs> well, personally, even when he was doing it, it didn't bother me. I think that a lot of people um, were upset. for, And I think that that's – I don't think there's ever going to be 100% a right answer because the flag means different things to different people. The national anthem, I think that was is overplayed because the reason the NFL does it is because of an agreement with basically they, uh, 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 the United States Armed Services bought the time. So it's, I think it's overblown a little bit. I think that that argument as a whole, not to say that you can't have feelings for the flag, but I feel like the bottom kind of fell out on it because you've seen officers kneeling down all over in these protests. There were plenty of armed service member mm-hmm. past and present. That said, they were. That's the reason that they served was so Kaepernick could have that First Amendment right. I feel like the the argument that it's disrespectful to the country has kind of bottomed out. I don't think there's a lot of people. I mean, even Drew Brees, who caught a lot of flack for it, and there are people that are trying to defend him. Even he was like, "No, no, no, I was wrong. Don't defend me." <laughs> Carl, um, it's interesting because my dad grew up. When I grew up, he was in the Air Force and in the military. Yeah. So the flag meant something to us as a family. And so I debated it when the whole Colin Kaepernick situation came about. But my first thought is it's Colin Kaepernick's right. That's the First Amendment. That's, that is his ability to speak his mind. And I will support that for every American. It doesn't matter who you are. I will 100% say that is your right and your freedom of speech and obviously you feel strongly enough to act on it, and I respect that a lot. And me and my dad have had a ton of debates and talks about the flag and what it means. Um, but I'm going to throw a little NASCAR information Please. in there. Yesterday I thought it was really interesting because six weeks ago when Kyle Larson, the whole situation, when he was on the live stream mm-hmm. and said the racial slur, NASCAR kind of got a huge rap where – are we surprised? These are Southern white individuals, males. Are we surprised that one slipped up and said this on, I think it was Twitch or whatever live stream he was, he was racing on. And, it, and that whole, it was slandered that direction. But if you watch yesterday, they did a moment of silence about the protests and about 
the oppression of African-American people in this country. And they actually had an African-American NASCAR official during the national anthem of the NASCAR race yesterday, took a knee and put a fist in the air. And NASCAR came out supporting that individual. And I thought that was incredibly, I thought it was incredible, you know, like, because they've been getting slandered for six weeks of being the, the redneck sport of the, of the country. And who would be surprised that that happened to supporting an individual for using his freedom of speech. And I thought that was incredible. I, I got to ask you, and I only asked just not out of argument's sake, but just out of curiosity from a non-NASCAR fan, how much of that is out of show and how much of it is out of sincerity? Not for me to judge. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting point because uh, I think that um, Drew Brees, his statements on the flag were a little bit um, tone deaf. But I think part of the issue you have to be wary of, like I, the I feel like the argument boils down to what's happening with the protests. I, I don't feel like there's a an an against argument for the end result. Police brutality. Uh, needless death. I don't. There's not really a way to to be against it. I think, but I think something to watch out for, and I think it's really interesting. You bring up the NASCAR thing is, it has. You have to be careful. It doesn't go the other way because it's not fair to also just label NASCAR fans like that because it's not true. Yeah. Like not all of them are Southern. Maybe none of them are. So yeah, I think it's it's. There's a couple. I it has know a to couple. go. <laughs> fair. I don't want to roll out. It's probably fair. But you, you, you know what I mean, though. It's like because you can't. You can't argue like we want uh, equal footing and then turn around and be like, okay, well, we're going to throw these sports fans under the bus because that, that, that's the, it's the same problem. It's not as severe, but it's the same kind of problem. Be like, the, the, respect them as well. So I think it's really interesting and, they did that. And it was interesting because I did hear, I mean, every sports show talked about the Kyle Larson incident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously because at that time there was definitely no sports going on. <laughs> so there was not a lot to talk about. Yeah. So it was all over. You're talking, I mean – Shannon, Sharp, everybody had something to say about it. Every godlib, all these people had something to say about it. And I've paid attention today and listened to see if they've come out and said a positive thing about what NASCAR did yesterday. Nothing. It's crickets. That's ridiculous. When there was a week of slandering the entire organization six weeks ago, and there's been absolutely crickets today. That's a great – I didn't think about that. If you're going to slander for a week, praise them for a week. Is that the media holding on to something to get attention or just to talk about something and to create stir? Or is that, well, they fixed it. What else is there to talk about? I, I think it's because NASCAR's so niche. It's easy. It's, it's attention-grabbing to talk about drama. It's not to talk about good things. That would yeah. be my personal opinion. Because NASCAR sits in... I'm not such, but is a more niche fandom, I would say, as opposed to the broad appeal of some of the bigger sports. That would be my attitude. I think it's it's ridiculous. It should have been said. It's not yeah. like there's a ton of sp- going on sports yeah. still now. <laughs> you could have squeezed it in. Uh, one more to that. And by the way, I, I, speaking of NASCAR, I want AJ's thoughts on this. When we were talking about NASCAR on the phone what, a couple of days ago, a few days ago, I was like, "What? what's so exciting about NASCAR? Like, why do fans sell out to go watch cars race around the track at 190-whatever miles an hour just to go around the track 400-and-something times? Why? What makes it so exciting? And and, I'm, and I, I've, like, what watched half of a race car race, but I watched the final half, not the first half. Because yeah. you, you, you want to watch to see who wins. 
But what is so exciting about it? Am I standing on my like stool alone here, AJ? Uh, personally, I'm not a fan. My dad was as a kid. He's now an F1. Or my dad was a NASCAR fan when I was a kid. Now, as I've grown up, he's transitioned to F1. Not for me, but I think part of what I've noticed is, uh, I don't know, people like to somehow relate to the drivers, so you kind of get invested the same way you get invested in teams. So there's people who love, I don't know, when I was a kid, so my dad was a big fan of Gordon and can't stand Tony Stewart or can't stand Dow Earnhardt. But <laughs> I think people just get invested in the drivers. Who's the other one? Kyle Busch, I know, is one that was really hated, too, if I'm not mistaken. Still is. Still is. <laughs> so who's yeah. you guy? <laughs> Me? Yeah. So I grew up, and I talk about NASCAR, but I'm paying way more attention to NASCAR because it's the only thing that's happening. That's, that's right reasonable. Now. That's reasonable. <laughs> I was a big Dale Earnhardt Sr. fan mm. growing up. You got to respect him. He's probably, what, on the Rushmore and, of NASCAR? <laughs> oh, for sure. And so when he passed away in 2001. Did you watch that race live, by the way? Yeah, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I did. Tried like a baby. Really? 100%. I was in, we were actually in an RV park in Chattanooga, Tennessee at Lookout Mountain, I believe. Wow. Um, and interesting, when they returned to Daytona and his son won, six months later they raced there for the July 4th race, and his son won. I was, a t- I was actually at Daytona. And I have a piece of the tire and the lug nuts from that winning car at my hmm. house to this day. Really? <laughs> so, but I lost a lot of interest once Senior passed away. And the reason it was so captivating for me as a kid was the characters and the different drivers. Like, they just had so much attitude and different characters. Like, that's what was so appealing to me as a kid. Uh, right on cue, 2241 just texted and said, it's so good to hear you guys talking about NASCAR, even though one of you doesn't know what you're talking about. I'm guessing he's talking about me. Kind of you, 2241. Uh, he says, Carl, could you please give me, as you just put it, your Mount Rushmore of race car drivers? Of race car drivers? Uh, or NASCAR drivers, sorry. I, I, NASCAR? It would have to be Richard Petty, the yeah, king. Definitely. It would have to be Dale Earnhardt. The one that I – there's four people on Mount Rushmore, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I can remember there's four or five. I always get it mixed up. Four. You would have to throw Jimmy Johnson, who's retiring this year. He's won seven times. Okay. Even though I'm not a big fan. So, real quick, before you get to your fourth one, do you think that's a big difference in NASCAR now and before? Because I feel like mm. NASCAR before, it was like – I guess to stereotype it to a certain extent, they were those like tough car guys. And I feel like Jimmy Johnson's kind of – Jeff Gordon was, I think, the start of it. But Jimmy Johnson's kind of that like – more everyday guy, and oh, I think that's why people uh, don't like them. Like, if you look at NASCAR when I was a kid, and we're going to go back to the redneck southern sport. When I was a kid, you had 43 drivers, and I want to say 38 of them were from the American South. Like, all of them were. Huh. And now you look, and half of them are from California, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Yeah. So it's, just, it's different um, today. But number four, number four for me would have to be Cale Yarbrough. Wait, who? Kale Yarbrough. Help me. Seventies and eighties. Okay, that's, that's what he why. Was <laughs> we go into a long story, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Thank you, two two four one, for the text. If you want to join in on the show, ask AJ and Carl any questions, please. If it's Carl, do not ask Aggie injury related questions. We will not answer them, and I will not ask them. <laughs> Period. I just cannot get in trouble with Carl or with Coach Smith. Hey, by the way, speaking of Coach Smith and going back to our racial discussion, he put out a wonderful statement. I loved Coach Craig Smith's statement. Can you talk about the ability? I know we're in 2020, so it shouldn't be that hard, as so many say. 
But to, I mean, you got, what, two guys who are from Portugal and Brito and Amish Keta. You've got Sam Merrill from Bountiful, Utah, and, and, and Miller from Brighton, Utah. Uh, you had uh, TK at one point. You've had Crew Ainge in here. What is it like to watch him integrate so many different personalities, but yet races as well, and to be able to help them be a successful team that plays together? That's the beauty of athletics to me. And that's why growing up in the, in the South, for me, always being part of some kind of athletic team and event kind of sheltered me from maybe what was reality to other people because I had friends of every race, religion, ethnicity you could think of because those were the guys that I played with all the time. And those were the guys that we went to the gym, we played basketball, or we went even to the golf course and played around a golf. And that's what's so beautiful about when you come together as a unit and for a common goal everybody kind of accepts each other and it's and and to me it's the best best way to make that possible uh just got another two text from 2241 he wants to know carl uh who is the best black athlete you've been able to see play in person kobe wait excuse me like that i've seen personally did you just say kobe that i've seen personally that i've actually seen on the tv or like that I've seen in okay. person. Yeah, let's That's go two bo- different things. Okay, fine. Let's go bull. Because <laughs> in person, it's AJ. Kobe. You're next, by the way. Oh boy, I have I have seen Tiger Woods play, so I probably Ooh. have to take that back. The Tiger. Woods. Wait, wait, wait. In person Ooh. or on yeah, TV? In person. So I've seen Tiger in person. When? Uh, he played at Dallas, Texas. It was the Colonial or the Byron Nelson in 2000. I mean, when he was on. It was when he first started coming back, so I'd have to, I'd have to look at the date. Um, but I did see him in person. So we'll go Tiger slash Kobe in person. So, okay, I, I'm sorry, but you just casually told all of us, and including our listeners, that you watched Kobe play in person. Yeah. Can you kind of just detail like what that experience was like watching him play in person? My wife still holds it against me to this day. <laughs> Explain. Because I made her go because we already had tickets and she had mono. <laughs> Is it still, she still holds it against you now? Like with the way that history has unfolded? That's ungrateful. That is ungrateful. There are a lot of people oh, who didn't man. get to see Kobe play. Yeah, that would include me. Oh, well, I, mean, I, I was in the play. arena not in person, playing, either, but not yeah. person. AJ, what about you? I think the best African American athlete I've say seen play in person. I think it would have to be LeBron. Yeah, I think it would have to be LeBron. I, yeah, I definitely put that up there. Yeah, I don't know because I I didn't see Jordan play as a kid. I didn't see Kobe play as a kid. I don't know. If there's really anyone in, in the, the NFL in the modern history, like since I've grown up, that I feel like stands out to the level of LeBron. LeBron. So yeah, probably LeBron. Hmm. Wow. Fair enough. Um, good stuff. All right, we're gonna take a break, and we only got like 36 minutes left in the show, which is extremely unfortunate because this is a blast. When we come back, more NASCAR. Talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I did have a funny quote from Kelly Yarbrough, so we'll, we'll discuss that. Someone just texted to me. I've got to hear this. <laughs> Stay tuned. That's your teaser right there coming back from break. Carl Smith over there, AJ Knight. I'm Audrey Salveson. You're listening to the Full Court Press on 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Carl Smith, AJ Knight, I'm AJ Salson, Full Court Press, 427, your time of year. Uh, Eric Franson is gone. He'll be back tomorrow. He'll be gone Friday. So uh, if these two men agree, they'll be back with me on Friday. So if you're enjoying the show, uh, I'll be here. Encore coming up on Friday. Frankly, I think it would be good for you to come up with a basic test for AJ for NASCAR and then see if you can pass it by Friday. <laughs> a little history. Can I get a cheat sheet though? Like, I gotta know what's the hint of some of the questions coming up. Like, if, like, who drove car number ninety-seven? I don't know. Kill. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully they'll be back with me Friday. AJ will. We'll see if Carl uh, will be uh, to be determined. I guess. Uh, <laughs> hey, basketball is NBA is gonna be making the return on July thirty-first. Twenty-two games. Uh, I guess twenty-two teams, eight season regular season games before a play-in tourney. Uh, Carl, we'll start with you. Your thoughts of this odd way to resume and complete the season. <laughs> I'm excited. First off, as a fan, I'm excited. Uh, What's your hesitation, though? I just hope they have a plan for whatever chaos breaks out. That's all, that's all I hope. They have some kind of plan in place to protect those guys and Let's. I mean, how do you protect them though? If they're playing on, on a court for forty, was it forty-eight minutes of basketball? How do you protect them? It's more about what they're doing out of the court. Okay, and I that's know. and that's what I'm saying. Like, I just hope they protect them because what I don't want to be like, I want to be so excited because I can't wait to just sit down anywhere and watch NBA basketball. Like, I just I don't care if there's no fans there. I don't care if they're in their practice jerseys. I don't care. I just want to watch it. Yeah. But Second I don't want to be watching it for a week and then something happened and it's out. Like that's why I'm hesitant. I like, get it I'm back. so excited because I like I want to watch my guy John Morant play more. I want to watch Luca play more. I want to watch all these great athletes that I love play more. But I just don't want anything bad to happen. AJ, uh, <laughs> what you said. I mean, I'm not a NASCAR fan, so I don't even have that. But I think just to sit down and have sports again. I think it's interesting to the different um, proposal because they were talking about this one. I think is a little bit more out there than the the not uh, basic. What was it? Seeding the six just sixteen top teams. So you know, I, I know I heard you and Eric talk about it when they were initially throwing out some proposals and they had the owners vote. And I think Eric said something along the lines of um, it was going to put more of an asterisk on a season that was already going to have an asterisk. Eh. I don't. I don't really think so. I think there's probably about six or so teams you can argue here, or there, five to eight, whatever it is, that are probably championship contenders. I don't think the format's really going to change that. I'm just glad that they agreed to some regular season games, so they won't be as bad when they get to the playoff part. Uh, Bucks hold the Vegas title odds in a leading at uh, plus two seventy five for those of you who are interested. Uh, Lakers at plus two hundred, and then the Toronto Raptors at plus seventeen. Hundred, and then in fourth, way below, in a distant fourth, plus three twenty-five, the Clippers. Now I've got to ask you both: with having no fans and playing in Orlando, Florida, on a neutral court, 
does it provide an advantage for the lower-seeded teams to go out there and maybe get an upset? For sure. There's no doubt. And I say that because if you – another live sporting event that I've been paying attention to, the Bundesliga in Germany, their the, soccer league. And you are just well-rounded all over the, the place. What? <laughs> the soccer. Bundesliga. Oh. In soccer, in Germany. I knew that. <laughs> Where they're playing with no fans, the home team – is losing at like seventy percent of the percent of the rate. Wow, that's crazy. Which normally the home team's winning at about seventy to seventy five percent in that league. So that tells you right there that the fans being there in the atmosphere has some kind of effect on elite athletes. So I would say that the percentage, the the chance of an upset, definitely has to do something. Do you think it'd be different though? Because like in that situation, so if you're at home and there's no fans, it super changes your uh, home. But do you think the fact that it's gonna be neutral court will kind of negate that a little bit? Because you're not gonna expect kind of the same things because they're gonna be down. What they, it's in Orlando, they agreed to that. So do you think that'll change sort of the mentality of that? Yeah, yeah. Because um. I think it would be like I'm sure you know working with USU. There's you know, the, the benefit of being at home is you have your preparation, you know everything and whatever, and you have the fans or whatever. So I think that mental hurdle, I think, makes sense why home teams would struggle. But I think going to a neutral court might help maybe curb that a little bit, uh-huh. the mentality aspect at least. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Of no fans. Who's the one top echelon team? So you're looking at the Bucks, the, or the Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Raptors, uh, Endeavor Nuggets. Who's the one upper echelon team? who could easily fall, who is most likely to fall in that first round with no home court advantage at all? I'm going to go Toronto. Really? Yeah, I think they're fake. I was going to say maybe the Clippers because I, I don't think so. They're uber talented. My argument would be the talented teams I think should still rise to the top a little bit, but I don't know. They didn't play together. Even all this time off, Does it? I mean, I guess it helps Kawhi, but I don't know. They seem so out of it already to begin with, and then – now you give them the three month break and their mentality. What's it going to be? Yeah, uh, your lower echelon teams. So when I say lower, I'm going to say fifth and lower. So the thirteen teams from the Western Conference will say the final eight, give or take: uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and for whatever the hell reason, why the Suns are there too? They're <laughs> going to they're going to Orlando. Uh, them and then. Uh, Brooklyn, Magic, Washington will be the final three teams out of the Eastern Conference. Of those teams, which has the best chance, most likely chance, to participate in or at least make a run in the playoffs? Boy. Is KD coming back? I saw no, something the not. other day. Okay. He has already said he's not coming back. I saw something oh, the other day. So he did say that he was coming back. Yeah, Is Kyrie coming, coming back? back? I think Kyrie might. KD's not. Can he make a difference alone? Kyrie? Yeah. Yeah, he's a top three-point guard in the league. Yeah. Well, no, he's not. <laughs> he was in 2016, but in 2020, he's gotten 40 years older. His mood swings are worse than... Uh-oh. I'm he's not going to say the rest of it, but... He's a talent point guard in the league. I'd agree with that. I'm not going to say teammate. I'm not going to say on the court, <laughs> off the court... Mm. World's flat, any of that stuff. I'm not. I'm not putting it's, all of that so, into the equation. I'm just saying, pure talent. He's a top three it, talent in the league. It's so difficult because I want to agree with you, but they talk. <laughs> they've talked about it all season with Brooklyn. Is that granted? Obviously, when you bring in a player like Kyrie, you're going to build the thing around him. But like, 
he they had this chemistry, and then you drop Kyrie in, and it kind of just blew up the team because Kyrie's like, watch me go. But I would agree with you. I think if he could play within some sort of a system, yeah, I think Brooklyn would be interesting. I don't like the Rockets, but I guess they have talent. <laughs> uh, they have talent, but then I think they're – because the Jazz have bad matchups, right? Yeah. Uh, the Lakers are one of them. The Rockets are definitely the worst of them, though. The Rockets are a horrible matchup for the Jazz because every time Snyder, like, tucks into the fetal position and just doesn't want to coach. <laughs> he just – I mean, he just realizes he can't beat Houston. This team real without, – and by, without Bojan Bajanovic, I don't know if the Jazz even He's finishes the, the four right? seed. What? Yeah. Yeah. He's done. I got a question for you. Okay. Who does the extra time off benefit? Because when this went into, when this oh, the season got delayed back in March, a lot of people talked about um, they thought this was bad for LeBron because LeBron is obviously one of the big, the best physical specimens and is always in better shape. But now the whole league has had three months off, so everybody ought to start fresh. Who benefits from that the most? Have you oh, seen the recent picture of James Harden? Yeah. That guy. <laughs> Goodness, uh, I, I'm going to say Clippers. Like the whole yeah. like resting and they're you know we're gonna bench Kawhi for five for three or four games just because we can. Uh, they are fully rested and Paul George wasn't the healthiest at the time, but him, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, and Kawhi Leonard. I mean that is gonna be a scary basketball but, team. But but does it affect the chemistry? No. Okay. No. It's a if anybody has chemistry issues, it's the Utah Jazz. It's the Utah Jazz. To say, I think uh, the Clippers, I think from a physical standpoint, I would say mentality would be yeah. my biggest question for the Clippers. How about the Bucks? Giannis got hurt right before the season yes. went under. And I think, uh, obviously, him being one of the teams that's the top team with one superstar, the mentality, I think, of having off three months where he doesn't have to think about carrying the team, I think, would, I would think, would help him kind of refresh his batteries a little bit. Yeah, Milwaukee's kind of an interesting team, and I think people are still trying to figure out if they like Milwaukee, right? Because Golden State came on. When they started becoming the Golden State Warriors, every every kid eight years, well, I guess maybe 17 years and younger fell in love with them. They went from being Kings fans to Warrior fans, to Knicks fans to Warrior fans, uh, Jazz fans to Warrior fans. Uh, oh, that's for sure. And then they put but back on the Utah Jazz jersey when the Warriors aren't in the house. I, I've been to a Sacramento Kings uh, thing. There's not really fans there to begin with. People just show up for a good time because they're sports. They're, they're miss- not really fans there. Okay, you don't let me just off the record and completely off the sidewalk. I got to ask you this: What is the best old arena in the NBA basketball? So yeah, like Arco Arena, right back in the day in 2000. You had was it the Rose Garden, Portland Trail Blazers back in oh, like 1992? Yeah. That place was nuts. Boston Garden. Back in the day, was how many incredible. have you been to NBA stadiums? Because I went to, so I saw a Kings game when I was in California's Christmas. I've seen the Bulls, the Pacers. Uh, boy, I've been to Phillips Arena for the Atlanta Hawks. Not a great spot, <laughs> <laughs> and the not old, a great team. The old Pyramid, which is now a Bass Pro Shop in Memphis. Was a great place. Really? Not great. Well, they had some good teams with Shane Battier. Oh, dude. Battier was Mike so Miller. Ready. Yeah. Um, those teams were Mike Bibby. Those teams were decent. Um, I forgot about Bibby played over there. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Um, so those teams were decent. So the Pyramid oh, in Memphis was pretty good. I've been to FedEx Forum in Memphis a ton. Uh, other ones American Airlines in Dallas. Oh, uh, that's okay. a great. That's that's, a that's, a, that's actually a great. Great facility, mm. and it's the fans are pretty pretty incredible too. Mm. Honestly, the 
probably the best NBA environment I've ever been to was Game 7 Grizzlies Clippers back when they were dueling out with Zach Randolph, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, oh, Tony Allen, awesome. Mike Conley. Like those, those were that was really good. But a second to that, I went to a game six or a game seven in Oklahoma City, and that was pretty incredible. The Oklahoma City crowd is unbelievable. Yeah, that is that is an awesome place for NBA basketball. I still remember their uh, their run to the finals in 2012, right when they yeah. played the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, their run up to that was just unreal. Like when they throttled San Antonio and dispatched of them in like five games, that crowd. Was amazing. Is it Chesapeake Arena? Chesapeake, yeah, yeah. That that place is incredible. Um, really quickly, I got two text messages, and they both relate to the same thing. Go figure. Five one one five. Thank you for talking NASCAR. <laughs> love the You're show. Just gonna have to add a reoccurring six four three six guys. I love that you are ta- talking NASCAR racing. Best broadcast ever. I get no credit for that because I have no idea what we're talking. about. I'm just kind of. Hanging on your guys' hey, well, you would, Yay, Holt, you got to take the supervisor roles that you brought us in so that's you know you can take some credit off the top that This doesn't way. mean we're doing a freaking quiz on Friday, though. I ain't taking no <laughs> pop quiz. I think we're finding out that Cash Valley's a bigger NASCAR place than you would think. You're going to have to add recurrent something. <laughs> Look, this show covers everything. We're there. We've hey, talked about won? German soccer, too. So <laughs> Now you're pushing it. We're going to talk cricket as well. <laughs> hey, who won the uh, race? Was it Kyle? Who won the race yesterday? Yesterday? Yeah. What was Kevin that? Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick did. That's right. See, I was I, well, I just saw on the bottom line on the NASCAR bar. I was like, hey, Kevin Harvick. Wait, there was a race today? Cool. I missed it. Dang it. Yeah, you missed your live sporting event. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed watching the 1996 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Hey, I was watching. <laughs> Playoff hockey is super interesting for yeah, the record. Don't you dare diss old hockey, all right? That was a good old day. It was a ton of fun. Don't you dare disrespect. Hey, speaking of old classics, I. Uh, we're going to talk baseball here in just a bit. They got, a, got a proposal plan put together. I want to talk to AJ and Carl about what's going wrong. Is it the MLB or is it the Players Association of why baseball continues to get in its own way? Then, of course, on June 14th, it will be the document, uh, documentary of Sammy Sosa versus Mark McGuire for the home run chase. Uh, we'll get some old baseball thoughts from the, these guys uh, of the history. I guess over their love for baseball. I don't know if they have a love for baseball. I'd Find rather out. watch Cars Turn Left. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson is gone. <laughs> <laughs> nice save, huh? <laughs> Man, Shoot. look at it. Look at it this way. Since he's out, you get to make the executive decision. He's now in charge of your NASCAR part of the content. <laughs> we'll be back for NASCAR talk on uh, Friday, <laughs> and they're back because this isn't going to go well with just me. AJ Knight, Carl Smith here in the house. Uh, if you want to text into the show, 435-339-0321. If you want to call in, 435-752-1069. Uh, AJ, before I rudely interrupted you oh, with fine. commercial break, uh, Tell me, what is uh, what was the question you were going to ask us? I was so? going to ask just everybody who they thought was going to win now that basketball is officially back. Like the championship, the, yeah. Oh, it's the Lakers, and it's probably a sweep. It's the Lakers? I mean, we're talking about LeBron freaking James here, man. Anthony Davis, LeBron, like that, yeah. <laughs> you could put him on the planet, you know, like on Mars, and he'd probably still find a way to win. He's that good. 
The brackets aren't You're still di- right. The brackets still are divided to east and west, right? They're going to be basically reseeded after the play-in part for the tr- the. It's Eastern Conference and Western. Oh, Conference. it's still okay. So it's if, still if divided. I think if the Lakers get by the Clippers, I don't even know if they have a chance to phase up. Then it's the Lakers. I don't yeah. think anybody from the East is going to do anything. Not a chance. Yeah, I'll take the Lakers. Carl, I don't want to say the Lakers, but I'm saying the Lakers. Who's your sleeper pick? Sleeper pick? Yeah. It's not a sleeper, but I'd say the Clippers. I think they have a chance. I think there's a fighting chance. That's who I'd watch for. Uh, I think Boston is interesting. I think Boston does interest Boston, me a lot. Boston is interesting. With Kemba there, I think they've kind of reformed themselves, and Gordon Hayward is getting back to being Gordon Hayward. Yeah. That team's going to be really, really tough to beat out, uh, at least in the Eastern Conference side. I think Milwaukee's the only team that gives them any troubles. Yeah. I think it's really those two. Philly is a mess. I think Toronto is – I think Toronto's going to Toronto. They played really well in the regular season. They're going to the playoffs and – I think Boston comes out of these. I really do. There you go. There's a bold prediction. Uh, six four three six. Text in AJ. Please talk about Japanese baseball. That would make this day totally complete. Did you see? No, it's no, Korean baseball. AJ, don't. No, AJ, stop the, it. You don't you even know. Did you see what they're doing for fans? I think yes. I'm pretty sure it's a Korean stuffed baseball. Animals. Stuffed, animals. stuffed animals. Yeah, animals. dude. Stuffed so animals funny. is so good. Oh man, it's so funny. Hey, so do you, do you guys watch it? No, small amount. What time is it on? Like 3.30 in the morning? Yeah, I mean, that's why oh, I'm not watching it. I'll do respect to Korean baseball. I'm not going to watch it at 3.30 in the morning. Not a chance. There's very few things I'll do at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> why? Okay, so if a NASCAR race was on at 3.30 in the morning? Probably not. That's the thing, though. It's all over here. <laughs> I'll get up and I'll watch the British Open at 3.30 in the morning. No, you every, would not. Oh, every year. Are you because serious? my wife. I, am, I watch all the live broadcasts of the British Open that I can. Favorite golf tournament of the year. So you know what would be I'll a really in wait favorite golf tournament? The I mean, we're talking Masters. Ryder's Cup's amazing. I'm, I'm from 15 minutes from the Masters. I just I love Links Golf. There's something incredible. There's something captivating about it. The wind, the weather. I love you, the British Open's incredible to me. I don't know what you're gonna do this Friday, but I just <laughs> had a thought. Something really interesting I think to have Carl do would be to rank the sports that everyone says are the more fun to play than to watch because he loves them all. Oh, NASCAR. Yeah, like it's more true. fun to drive than Actually, watch people yeah. drive. Golf. I feel like a lot of people. Yeah, I think there's those are basically all the sports. We're gonna give our best five right there, starring Carl Smith, (laughs) and then we're gonna quiz me on NASCAR racing. It's gonna go well. So we gotta find something for AJ. AJ, best five Korean baseball players currently in today's league. In the Korean (laughs) league. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Do your research. Hey, look, we both got homework to do. (laughs) Hope you know that. Hey, they're saying it's Japanese, not Korean. It's both. Both both I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, Korea's the ones with stuffed animals. I, I just believe. Watching a video of that today, so funny. Oh, so on, on kind of on the same note, yeah. Back to German Bundesliga, Bundesliga soccer. If you watch the broadcast, so all the legendary commentators are commentating from their house, watching a closed lot, a closed stream of the game. They're not at the facility; they're at their house, hmm. and they're 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 doing fake crowd noise from previous games. So, like, you can be watching, and there's obviously no fans there. You can see that. And they will score a goal, and the, the, the arena will go bananas. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable to watch. See, I think, they're just I, pumping I, in fake, fake I, crowd noise. I think I dislike that. because uh, <laughs> Maybe not in a soccer stadium, because soccer stadiums are pretty big. But 
I, I'm captivated by the fact of actually hearing what players are going to say. And that was interesting is the first couple weeks they were doing this, they weren't doing the crowd noise. And you could hear the sock, you could hear the coaches, you could hear the players yeah. talk about their formation. And it was actually really interesting and would be super interesting for an NBA game if you could hear them talk, yeah. especially on the defensive side. <laughs> and like, You'll be ready with the dumb button. Which, which, <laughs> which would also be more interesting in college basketball. But well, that's another argument. <laughs> we won't discuss why I say that. But it was very interesting to hear the players, and it was kind of captivating to hear them talk about whether the right wing was doing the right thing or dropping back the the fullback and all all these things. It was actually really interesting to watch, better than fake crowd noise. Yeah, I I think I'd agree with that completely. I'd rather hear the players. And I, what they're saying than but fake crowd noise. I get it, though. And I, I know Carl it. kind of alluded good. to this. Woo. So it's the problem is, like, for example, if we were to have a college basketball game with no fans in the spectrum, and you, like, I've heard Coach Craig Smith get after a few guys with, like, over the crowd, our little crowd mic. I've heard him say some things over to some players who are not playing very good basketball. Uh, and if they were to go on air, it would not be a very good thing. So I, I think I want, you have to have no the crowd mic noise. close to me and Coach Hoggins. No Wait. mic, no mic down there. <laughs> Not allowed. Well, here's the thing: is like you can't get. Away. You're, you're a shadow coach, and like, I don't need this. I don't need it. So here's the thing: is like you'd have to, like you have to have something cover it, right? I mean, because yeah. you can't hear Craig Smith yell at yeah. whoever it is because of a bad play they made. Because then it's it's FCC rules being broken. But what do you do? I I, I think if everyone knew that you could hear him going into it, they could control themselves. No, they wouldn't. There's no way. You think Coach Craig – okay, let me ask I think you. you can control yourself 95% of the time. Do you think Coach Smith – you know how passionate more. Coach Smith is. You personally do. do. Do you think he could, he could control himself? Yeah, he's got a lot of self-control. He's, I think you'd definitely be more conscious about it. I mean, 2 to 3% of the time it's going to come out anyways, but he would definitely <laughs> control it most of the time. For sure. What do you think about the NBA using NBA 2K noise? For fans, like they're going to take the fan noise from NBA 2K. That's ridiculous. I just again, I think I'd rather just because hear the players. I was playing 2K. I was playing NBA 2K 20 today, and like I hit a three in a big time game, and the crowd didn't even do anything. How old are you, RJ? <laughs> Tell me you're at home playing video games this morning. Hey, don't hate on video games. Yeah, don't hate on video games. No don't don't be jealous because I have a great lifestyle. Don't, that don't I'm able to sit home and play video games yesterday. Play NASCAR Heat. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> Play Need for Speed. <laughs> they got Need League for that yet? <laughs> yes. That's just a shirt because I mean I know it was a big story for the what are the the uh, the E League G League players make more than the G League G League players? <laughs> hey, oh yeah. By the way, this brings up an, we're so all over the place, but who gives a crap? We covered everything. Yeah, we're I mean we've got NASCAR, NASCAR Japanese soccer, baseball. Yeah, we're all over. We're all over. Okay, Eric told me, and I want your thoughts first, Carl, on this. He told me. College basketball level, talent level, is better than G League level. Oh, I heard this. Yes or no? Curious what you think. That is bananas. I wish Eric was here. <laughs> Thank you. I, am, I did it's, it. That is bananas. <laughs> because he, and he, his defense was, well, you're playing against some of the best players around the country. When you get to G League, it's guys from South Arkansas State, uh, Tweedledum University. I mean, just guys who were not good enough and will never be good enough to play in the NBA, but were just G League level guys. That that argument doesn't make sense, though, in my opinion, from Eric, because so the, the saying is, I think, what, for football, it's like 1% of 1%. 1% of high school athletes will go to college. They're D1. 1% of D1 will go to pro. So 
G League would have to be somewhere between the 1% of high school students that made it to D1 and the 1% of college athletes that made it to pro. It would, to me, be a reasonable upgrade. Because it's, it's G League. They're not going to just take anyone. They're going to take whatever the – what is it, 15? They're going to take their 15 guys that are probably underneath the approximately 400 and whatever in the NBA League. I would think that, G League is that better. The team in the G League is elite college players. They're not, they're not paying for a development league for bums. <laughs> they're not. They're all – like all those teams are all Mountain West guys, all whack guys, all – some of them Pac-12, SEC, like those are talented, talented players. And do I have time for a two-minute story? By all means. Okay, first off, my little guy's listening, and he wants me to say his name. So, hi, McCoy. Hope you're enjoying all this. Oh, hi, McCoy. Though. Thanks for listening to me. <laughs> his, he's a Napa fan, so he's a Chase Elliott fan when we watch NASCAR races. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to plug it in uh, there. That, that and the M&M's car. Those are his two favorites. Oh, actually, that is a pretty cool car. <laughs> Well, that's how I feel like you get drawn as a kid. You pick the cool, you <laughs> yeah, pick, you pick the, the coolest yeah. car. I remember the sorry, real quick, but uh, there was a what is it called? The, it was called the Bud Shootout, I think, mm-hmm. way back when. And uh, Jeff Gordon had the T Rex car, yeah. that was illegal because of the engine, but it was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Random story, but that's how you get sucked in. So, when I was at the the university prior to Utah State, when I was the athletic trainer at Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. We uh, we used to travel on a sleeper bus. So a sleeper bus is it's like a touring bus that the front of it has a small kitchen, a couch, a dinette, and bunk beds. Sleeps the whole coaching staff, support staff. Sure. Then you have a divider, and you have bunks the rest of the way. Three, three level bunks. The rest of the way in a TV and a lounge in the back. And that's how we would travel. So we would play in Virginia – leave the gym at 11, and then get on the bus and sleep all the way back to Birmingham, Alabama. That's how we used to travel. But anyways, after a game, we had just lost an embarrassing game to a team that we shouldn't have lost to. We were driving back in the sleeper bus. Our elite scorer on the team, there was a G League game on the TV. He was trying to get some sleep. And he said, shut this game off. Those are a bunch of bums. And I don't want to watch them. And our one of our assistant coaches walked to the back of the bus and chewed him out and said, you'll be lucky to ever play at that level. <laughs> These guys in the G League, most of them are borderline NBA players. It's Me and Eric will discuss it one day. I'll, I'll straighten them out. I would love Second to. Eat. I tried to, and it didn't work. I'll straighten them out. Uh, we got about one minute left. Hey, speaking of NASCAR, we got to end all this on a happy note since we got so many NASCAR fans in the Cash Valley listening to us or wherever they're at. Uh, you got a quote. Yeah, let's go. So this was actually text me from a from a buddy in Birmingham, Alabama. This is a Cal Yarborough quote. It says, "Don't ever wrestle with a pig. You'll both get dirty, but the pig will enjoy it." <laughs> what do you think about it, AJ? Uh, so I need to stay out of wrestling or not wrestling NASCAR because you guys enjoy it. But I, I mean, (laughs) I don't, I mean, I just look, I I, I don't know if I can sit and watch a full NASCAR race and be like, God, that was great stuff, man. I'm, I'm fired up. That's what I say about nine innings of baseball. That's disrespectful. (laughs) That's disrespectful because how much is the ball moving? Like the athletes in baseball are greater than the athletes in NASCAR. I'm not arguing. 
and we call them athletes in NASCAR. All right, for AJ Knight, for Carl Smith, I'm AJ Salveson. They'll be back on Friday. I'll be back tomorrow with Eric Franson on the Full Court Press.